Here we go, everybody, on a wild-packed Friday edition of Sports Talk. Good to have you back. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Here on 600 ESPN El Paso, you know, Adrian wrote a, a great story on the website. Didn't have to worry about any fact-checking for that story. But let me tell you something. Here's how my morning went. I wrote an article, of, and, I, and I looked. I looked up the uh, UTEP Media Guide, checked um, with John Teicher, the historian of UTEP, and also with um, Drew Bonney, who handles UTEP football. And I was like, you know what? There's five, right? Five former Miners that have Super Bowl rings. We got them all. I forgot about Seth Joyner, who is six, because he got one in Denver. And then comes the ultimate weird wild card. John Durenboss didn't play for the Eagles in the Super Bowl, was traded that season, but he flunked the physical because they found a uh, heart condition. He has open-heart surgery, almost dies, but is able to uh, survive and gets an honorary ring. So I guess technically he counts. He didn't play for him, but he gets an honorary ring. So... I mean, it's kind of like Lee Mays. Lee Mays played for the Steelers that whole season, but he gets deactivated for the postseason, but he gets a ring. He's got his ring. John Durabaz has his ring. So there's seven, not five. My apologies. Earlier today, I tweeted out five because I thought I had it right. And I mean, man, Twitter's awesome. Great fact checkers there. Thank you, Ice Cubillos. Thank you, Robert Adiaga. Thank you, everybody who decided to uh, look into that story after I tweeted that out today. So that's good. Those are two. And by the way, thank you, Charlie Dodgers and Ruben. So anyway, they, they were all doing it. That was good. There's seven, the lucky seven. Nobody remembers George Daney because he played offensive line for the Chiefs for 10 years in the late 60s, early 70s. He was on the Super Bowl four team, just like Maynard was on the Super Bowl three team. And then you've got the combination of Jackie, um, Tolbert, and Joyner. And add in Lee Mays and Durham Boss, and there's your life. There's your, you know, there's the, uh, the the big seven, right? Most definitely. And uh, I wouldn't have guessed seven. I would have probably, if you would have asked me to just guess off the top of my head, Steve, I probably would have guessed four, maybe yeah, three, I to know. be honest. So the fact that it's seven, it's actually more than I, I thought initially, for sure. So the story said only five to start with, and I'm like, well, do I change it and now just say, wow, spectacular seven? But no, I figure we got we to gotta keep it, right? Well, also, one of the things to point out is every year there are so many players who come out of the state of Texas. So the fact that it's still only seven yeah. is still pretty remarkable. It is, considering the game is 56 years old, and there's been plenty of UTEP football players over the last 56 years in the NFL. Oh, yeah. You talk about the 50s and the 60s and even the 70s. Yeah, you're talking about a lot of great NFL players from UTEP. Absolutely. And I thought I was I, I was like, oh, I got Danny. I thought that was going to be the tough one that nobody would get. But I forgot about Joyner with the, the Denver's final year. And, of course, the Duran Boss honorary ring thing, I never even thought of that because he didn't play. I was really trying to consider who was on the, the Super Bowl team. But, you know, it counts. He's got a ring. He played for the Miners. He's got a ring, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you, uh, even though it's honorary, all that stuff still counts, most definitely. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you. Hey, we got a fun show today. 
Foss via Zoom in the 4 o'clock hour. Cody Decker in the 5 o'clock hour. Jock Doc, along with a pair of ESPN personalities, Jason Fitz and Freddie Coleman in the 6 o'clock hour. We're loaded today, Adrian. Yep, getting everybody ready for the big game Sunday. Can't wait. Uh, I am, I'm ready, Steve. I, I've been ready all week. I'm ready for it. People are taking Joe Burrow. People love Cincinnati. The Bengals have been doing their media rounds in the first time. They look happy to be there, Steve. Happy to be in L.A. And if we're talking... On Monday of next week, and it's a Bengals Super Bowl. Well, you're going to have to credit everything to uh, Joe Burrow, one of the rising stars in the league, I think. Oh, you're giving us the whole happy to be there routine. That's spoken like a very confident Rams fan. Yes, I am. I'm. I feel great. I love Aaron Donald in this game for so many reasons. This is a legacy game for him. It's also a legacy game for Matt Stafford. This is. This is going to be a lot of fun. I almost forgot, also in our 5 o'clock hour when Cody Decker is with us in our Lubingo studios, the debut of Adrian's Movie Reviews. We're starting that today. I'm ready. I, I watched the movie. I, I, I did don't my tell homework. Us, don't tell us anything about uh, the movie uh, or what you saw, but you did get a chance to watch Knock One Off uh, the movie list yesterday when, you, uh, when we left the show, right? I, I think uh, I was lucky to do so, Steve, because I was watching that highly anticipated Suns-Bucks uh, game last ah. night, and then it became a blowout. So I was like, hey, perfect time. This is second half blowout, I'm going to watch this movie that's on my list right now. Now, and I'll yes. have a perfect report for tomorrow. By yourself or with your fiance? Nope, by myself, just ah, on my phone. Nice. And very hey, by nice. the way, Hulu's got a lot of these movies, so I'm I'm pretty thrilled about that. Oh, really? So you started like researching some yes. of the titles? Yes, just making sure. Okay, do I need another stream? Do I need to buy a DVD player? That was my thing. <laughs> do I need to buy one? But it looks uh, looks okay for right now. Can you finish one more movie over the weekend? Even though it's Super Bowl weekend, so you have one oh, ready for us on Monday. That's tough. Now you're asking me to do extra work I on know. Super Bowl weekend. I've got to do all the prep. No, you have three, you have three days. Three days. Uh, okay, maybe I'll squeeze it in tonight. I'll do it tonight to get it out of the way. Thank you. All right. Just, uh, yeah, and I don't care. Now, you can, the cool thing is you've got a huge list. You can you can basically go ahead and just, you know, pick anyone you want. Anyone you want. Okay, I'm going to pick an easy one. Like, the the fact that last night's movie was so short was perfect for me, Steve. Yeah, what was it I'm, like? It was I'm dreading than, the... Wasn't it less than 90 minutes? Yeah, exactly. It was it was 90 exactly, and uh, 90 minutes exactly, and then easy. I'm just dreading the, like, two and a half hour ones or stuff like that. Well, we got we have, a, I mean, we have a whole year of this, so it's going to be a lot of movies coming your way. You're going to be adding a ton to your collection. Just think about how well-versed in cinematic history you're going to be following this year. Yeah, I, I you're right. I, I'll watch the classics so then I won't get roasted. I'm I'm happy to do this. I I love watching movies. So this isn't problem this isn't a problem at all. Good. Good, good, good. And we're giving away Utah basketball tickets as well today. we got some tickets to give away courtesy of our pal Mike Mendoza. Great seats, too. Two four-packs, one in the sixth row, one in the second row. Uh, and we just got to figure out how we're going to do that, Adrian. That's going to be the, the, the challenge. How do we do that today? Because we got to get winners for both. Yeah, and we have a pack show today as well. I, I'm curious on the crowd, too, Steve. I mean, I was doing a little, uh, you know, my takeaway story. I didn't realize that the largest attended crowd this year was actually the opener, like the, the season opener against Western New Mexico, where they had about 6,500. How crazy is that? They haven't broken 7,000 all year? No, they haven't. What do you think for Sunday? Five? I still think four. In I, the I fours. think the high fours. I think that's realistic. It's a tough day. It's a horrible Super day. Sunday. Yeah. Listen, I don't want to start making excuses, but Super Bowl Sunday, 1 o'clock, is a tough day in time. It is a tough, tough day in time. 
Yeah, and not to mention that uh, the largest attendance in Conference USA came at home against UTSA, 5,023 fans. Okay, thank you. Five. So they broke in the 5,000 mark once this year. That's good. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. So hopefully they get a nice crowd on Sunday. I'm hoping. 880-5763. That's our telephone number. Foss live bringing the heat via Zoom 10 minutes from now. That's going to be a fun conversation. Excited about that. I know he's got a lot to talk about. Ah, this man I'm sure is going to take up at least the next five minutes of our opening segment to give us his analysis and breakdown. I don't know how he talks so much without taking a breath. It's Ray who joins us next, our resident Rams fan. Ray, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, Steve and Adrian. Hey, Steve, if you're going to give me five minutes, you know I'm going to take the whole five minutes. Now, you're going to try to take ten of them, but listen, i got to get into a break now in four minutes and 20 seconds, so go ahead, get started, I otherwise you're going you're gonna to be out of time. All right, you got it. Hey, uh, you know I'm a diehard Rams fan, been once in 71, and I've been following them forever. But looking at this game, like I was telling Adrian, I am so glad that people are jumping on the Cincinnati Bengals bandwagon. I probably would, too, if I wasn't a Rams fan, you know, the way that – they're looking at them and the way that they've been, you know, coming back in each game and kind of things have been falling into place for them, not to mention even the stars with the Lunar New Year being the year of the Tiger. But that's all fine and well. You know what? The Rams are looking at this from a standpoint of business as usual. And I had something written down one time, told people about it. It's going, you know, not done yet, still got one to get. And that's been their mantra all throughout. You know, when they look at it and this defensive line that they have put together is for this particular game. You know, they have all of the pieces they need to get out there. Nobody's been showboating. I've been real surprised, too, that Jalen Ramsey has not been running his mouth, and that's a good thing. So they're all looking at this as we came here for one reason. You know, Aaron Donald wants that ring. They've been there before. Him and McVay have been there before. They're looking back at what they did back three years ago and looking at how they approached this game, and now they're coming back at it in a totally different way. I see the Rams coming out as aggressive as can be. I'd like to see them run the ball. I hope that they do. But I think they're going to run the ball just to off-balance things a bit. I see McVay coming out aggressive, not waiting for the game necessarily to come to them, but trying to set the tone. And that's what exactly what they're going to need to do. The defensive line is going to put their pressure on Burrow. There's no doubt. Now, whether he gets away from that or not, that's going to be something to be determined. They're going to have to make sure they cut those edges off, not let him get around them, make sure they put the pressure up the middle. Aaron Donald wants this more than anybody. I expect him to be mentioned and be a menace on every play. When they look at the offense, Stafford is what he was here for. Like I said to someone just recently that he hasn't done anything that Jared Goff hasn't done yet. He got us to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff did it in much lesser years than Stafford got his team to a Super Bowl. But he's got one more step to go, and that's why he was brought here. you got OBJ out there on the outside. you got Cooper Cup. You can man up on either one you want. You can match up. You can double-team each one, and you got someone to go to. And we're, we're down Higby. That's okay because Blanton played well. No boom is not playing. That's okay as long as Whitworth doesn't get hurt, and I don't expect him to because this very well might be his last Super Bowl. I'm looking at a 31-23 to 23 final score. I think special teams is going to make a big part in this game. I love the Rams, the way they play special teams. they got a kicker we can count on. they got a returner in Powell. That defensive secondary is going to be haunting Burrow all game long. He's not going to get away with nine sacks. I don't expect the Rams to get nine. I do expect them to get four. I expect the offense to put the pressure on it, and I expect the Rams to maybe be up two scores in that first half. But if the Bengals keep it close, 
no problem. We got the best fourth quarter quarterback in the league. He is, you you know, he is. Listen, the thing is this, when it comes to fourth quarter quarterbacks, I love Stafford, but I mean, Burrow is tough. The key is if Joe Burrow has any time to throw the football, it's going to be a tough one for, I think, for the Rams defense, especially for their secondary. I totally agree. I agree with that. And I think that the Rams secondary is going to have to play off of each other. I think this is going to be a game where Eric Weddle comes into play more than ever. But if you think about it, you think about how things are lined up. How does a guy come out of retirement three weeks ago and then all of a sudden he ends up in the Super Bowl? You're looking at a guy to make a big play. I think that's the guy you're going to be looking at. Not to mention, I think Leonard Floyd and Vaughn Miller are going to have to pay big playmakers on that edge to make sure that the pressure stays in that quarterback and you don't let Burrow get out of it. I think you got to make sure you he feels you all game long. Yep, yep. I think those are all great uh, great points you bring up right now, and I'm with you on that one. I mean, it's going to be a fun game no matter what, and I think you did a great job breaking things down. Who's your MVP? My MVP, I'm looking for, I would love to see a double MVP, but my MVP in this game I think is going to be Odell Beckham. I think that guy came here for a reason. I think he's going to come out there and make a play that people are going to have their eyes open. We know what Cooper Cup can do. We know what we expect Matthew Stafford to do. And we're looking for somebody out there who's going to come make a play, someone who maybe they didn't expect. Now, they, they know what he can do, but somebody who came here out of nowhere and his approach to this and just saying, I want to be one of the guys as a part of this team and not the guy, I think is going to take him to where he needs and the team needs to go. Awesome. Love it. All right, great job. You did it. You held within the time. We'll talk to you on Monday. Enjoy the ball game. You guys have a fabulous weekend. Go Rams! There's Ray. He's all juiced. When we come back, the Foss will come up next. Looking forward to Steve Foster as Sports Talk continues right after Charlie One with our first traffic update of a Friday afternoon. Ah, welcome back, everybody, as we keep things moving here on Sports Talk. 20 past the hour. You've been waiting for this man, and he is back with us via Zoom. And, in fact, Steve Foster, the Foss, is live at the experience, the NFL experience. He is right in the middle of everything right now in Southern California, getting ready for Super Bowl 56. Uh, How are you, and how is the experience? Hey, man, look here. I'm not going to make a rookie mistake. Because all you need is some Snickers. I'm giving them some love. I've eaten 40,000 of them. Why not get in the middle of the NFL experience? They're giving me the fun size box to prop everything up. Much love, too. Hey, man, who are the chefs? Great cookie, movie. <laughs> it's all, man. It is all. It's going great. Now, what is the NFL experience like for people that you're in the middle of it? How do you describe it? The NFL experience is like the opportunity to purchase merchandise, throw the football, kick the football, run the 40-yard dash, take photos with your favorite team, big helmets, uh, the Panini card company, you name it. It's here. Can I eat a Snickers while I'm yeah why not i mean just go ahead yeah that's that's good it's i'm happy you're um you know i hope they're paying you for it yeah that's exactly right that's a fun size snicker bar go ahead go eat the snickers there he is the foss who is now devouring a fun size bar of uh, snickers does it satisfy you does it satisfy you 
Yes. Lakers got it by you, of course. All right. I'm double checking. Um, now, um, I want to get a recap of last night's party. I saw that you and Dean, uh, your former teammate, Dean Kane, met up last night in Hollywood. What was that like? Unreal. Yeah, by the way, by the way, uh, anytime somebody expects the Foss to finish off a Snickers and then be able to speak 15 seconds later, that's not happening. No. First of all, he attracts everybody. Second of all, we just started to roll in. They wanted us to stop. Had to take the photo. They all know who he is. He is Superman, Superman. What they don't know is that he was in camp with Buffalo with Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, Jim Kelly, Bruce Smith, all those guys that went to four Super Bowls. That's right. So we go in. Much love to his guy, Kenny D. We get in. He starts taking us around. We uh, say hello to a few people. Mm-hmm. Take us around. We go, Trevor Lawrence, Sierra. You got a little music. I should have. I said I didn't want to give too much away, but you can come back with. Everybody knows Sierra. Born in Austin, Texas. Joe Montana. Great conversation with Russell Wilson. He had just come back from the NFL honor, so he was in the tux. Yep. Colin Cowherd. Back in the corner. Um. Some other ESPN notables. Uh, so, we had a great time. Sip tequila. I'm from El Paso. What else am I going to drink? That, what kind of tequila did you sip? Because Emmett Smith's got his new tequila right now with uh, Eradora. Is that what you had? I need to get the name for you. It starts with the C. I wanted to say Consejo or, or something. I'm making stuff up. Yeah, you are. I, got, I should have taken a photo of that. We had a great evening. Met some friends. Uh, shout out to Monica and Laura and Tim. Had a great conversation with them. Two uh, lovely young ladies and, and, and their friend, Tim. But the highlight was dapping it up with Dak when he found out that we were Jason's teammates and uh, his football roommate, etc., etc. I saved the photo for after this. I'm putting it up, Dean, Dak, and me at Rouse uh, in Hollywood. Sounds like a fun night. So there you go. So you capped it off with Dak Prescott. That that wasn't the beginning. The beginning was the Mike Dicka, Ron Jaworski, Cigar and Stars Party. Kyle Turley, Mm -hmm. the offensive lineman, if you go back to 2000, who threw the helmet, Yep. New Orleans Saints. Remember him well. That's right. Now he's a country and western singer. Get out of here. Kyle Turley's now singing country music. I right. can get him I can get him on the show and I can send you some music. Great dude. Great dude. So you uh so you but connected you connected with Kyle Turley. Yes, what else? What else? Oh, he was up on stage singing. I didn't hang out with Kyle Turley. He's oh, singing. Okay. All right. But then I left there and then caught up with Dean. All right, so I got you. So it started with the Ditka party. Kyle Turley was performing, right? Were you um, were you drinking whiskey? Is that what you were doing last night? 
Tequila. Well, you said tequila. yeah, but you said that at Ditka's parties, it's all about whiskey and cigars. Right. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do any of that because I knew I had to be responsible oh, and get over to, to meet Dean. Good for you. All right. So you stayed uh, stayed clean. I like that. And then you went over after that to Dean with Dean. And um, what time did you finish uh, the partying last night or this morning? A little after midnight because we knew we had to drive back out to Malibu from. Hollywood. That's not a. That's not close. Okay. That's that. That's more like going from Mesa out to uh, the Americas. All right. High school. Hey, that's give me a, give me a tour of what it looks like right there at the NFL Experience. Okay. Uh, no okay, offense to you, but let me see what the rest of it looks like. Hang on. Let me see. All right. We gotta flip this. All right. There we go. That looks better. Oh, there's your Snickers. There's your Snickers area. No wonder you were able to get Snickers. Yeah. Got some folks up there. Okay. All right. All right. Now we got the Uber Eats bench press. I see that. That's pretty cool. Bench press. Got the bench press. Got the vertical jump. Mm-hmm. Got the vertical jump. You got to love the 40, right? Now somebody's pulling a hammy on the 40. Oh, that's pretty cool. So they actually have a little track, and they let people run 40s. Back around over here. Okay, that's cool. I like this. Adrian, you enjoying the show? Yeah. On the back side. This is awesome. On the back side here. We got the Lowe's Home Tito with some of the uh, notable NFL players in here. This you is, know, I got the, I got the, I got the credentials. I can do this. this I'm is, media. This is riveting radio. Oh, good to see you. Don't media. get in trouble. I don't want to get media. you thrown out of the NFL experience. Media. That would be terrible. I think we lost him. All right. Uh, the Foss froze for me for a second. But now and he's muted himself. Now he's back. All right, Foss. Foss, listen. Don't get tossed from the NFL experience trying to give us a tour. We're going to do a loop. We're going to do a loop. It's huge, man. I can't get to everything. He's not even listening can't to us. everything. Uh-huh. Got right. the fans rolling. I'll give I'll give people an idea as Foss is showing us around. There's a Hunt, lot of people there. Hunt auction. Hunt auction. Oh, Wilson football. I love Wilson. Mm-hmm. What's up, my dude? All right, got to say hello to someone. You got to be cordial. Wilson putting the uh, footballs together. Oh, look at that. It's See, on I... site. On site, Cappy. They they brought the Ada, Oklahoma, uh, some of their they, – they're making them right here, man. They, now, now let me ask you something about the footballs. Ohio. Do they – Not Oklahoma. Do they Ada, actually – do, do you buy a football on site and then they make they it for you right there? You can – I've toured the plant in Ada, Ohio. It's out by Ohio Northern. It's in the same town. That's cool. University. So you go so, there, you want a football, they'll make it for you, and you'll watch them make it for you until it's done. That's right. Cool. Right. Right. I like that. That looks that's pretty cool. That's a neat uh, part yeah. of the NFL experience, especially since we've yeah. never been there. So this so, is this is kind of something new for us. I'm happy you're giving us the tour around. All right, listen. I need you to pause the tour for a second because we've got to get a sports center in, all right? You got it, buddy. All right. We will come back more with the Foss as we continue. He's given us his tour of the NFL experience. I like it. It looks pretty solid. But first, uh, let's get right now to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Couple of them. Big. 
There it is. That, that's a nice one. What, what Super Bowl was that? Do you know? Any idea what that was from? I think that's the fifth one, Super Bowl 30. Okay. Now, I got to But ask I have you. another one. Okay. I have another one. By the way, Foss has gone into the hallway outside the experience. That's why it's so quiet in there right now. That's from the fourth Super Bowls, right? That's the right. Uh, one right before that. Okay. Right. Exactly. Very nice. And I got to ask you, you know, we, we've spent so much time with you about the pageantry of the game. We haven't actually talked right. about the game with you. Give me your right. thoughts on this one as the Rams and Bengals get ready to hook up here on Sunday. I mean, we, we've, we've already talked it to death, but when you look at these two teams and the way this matchup is shaping up, where do you think the really the, the biggest keys are going to be for both, uh, both teams, Foss? Honestly, and again, I say this all the time, even though, I was an offensive player. It's who wins the line of scrimmage. If Aaron Donald and Von Miller and company disrupt the gunslinger, the young gun, Joe Burrow, I think it's going to be difficult for him to get to Jamar Chase. I think it's going to be tough for Joe Mixon to find those running lanes. Okay? Now, on on the flip side, I think you got to give it to our man from Highland Park, the Texan, Matthew Stafford, He's just got to get the ball distributed properly. Get it to Cooper Cup. Get it to OBJ. Have Cam Akers. Get some running games going on. Sonny Michelle. Sony, and he knows it because Michelle's been in this game before. I think the experience and being at home and having the routine of being in L.A. Because this is a huge city, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, navigating the city, if it wasn't for the 30 years of being – best friends with superman i wouldn't know this city you don't know the difference between crenshaw boulevard La, La Brea, jefferson washington normandy i mean all these different streets third street fourth street figueroa they're everywhere yeah. but i've done this grid enough times that i know it again liken that to cincinnati they don't know the grid i would say an experience however that's all been thrown to the wind to get to the wind to get them here. I think Rams win by eight. If you beat Kansas City, would you say that the Rams should be? I mean, you know, you always because you look at how good Kansas City can I, is. Can I can I give you? Yes. You know me as as a lawyer yes. as well. I don't like hearsay, but interestingly enough, today I heard a story. I'm just going to say this. This is in that realm that towards the end of the first half of the game, something went on between Eric Bieniemy and Mahomes that divided that offensive side of the ball. As I've been described, presumably, I don't know this, and that that second half for Kansas City was not the same, and there was some internal strife. So I'm saying if there wasn't that internal strife that has been put in to a closed public circle of knowledge, again, I can neither confirm nor deny, but that was being purported I love uh, around these parts. So that could have played into the poor performance for the offense of Kansas City. I don't see that happening with Matthew Stafford and 
his squad on Sunday. You know, there were rumors after UTEP's last tournament game, the loss to Butler uh, back in 2010, that the same thing happened in the locker room at halftime. There were problems with the team and the coaches, and they've denied it all these years. And I've asked uh, Tony Barbie and other members about that, and they've all said, nope, never happened. So I'm not going to tell you. Of course not. Of course not. So we'll never know. But, hey, the point is you like the Rams by eight. Yeah, I think Sean McVay, I think he's – figured out what he needed to do from prior instance. Okay. And he has a better quarterback. Has a better quarterback, in my estimation. Foss, who wins the MVP? See, remember, Adrian, we talked about this. I'd much rather be a champion than an MVP. Could give a rat's. I mean, listen, in Super Bowl 30 for the Dallas Cowboys, Larry Brown was the MVP because Neil O'Donnell and, and Cappy can confirm this through two interceptions that hit him in the chest. They were thrown better to Larry Brown than they were to Yancey Thickman. My point is, I don't know who's going to be the MVP. Um, let's just go with the guy that helped my fantasy team. We'll go Cooper cup because I think once he catches over 120, 25 yards, they're 19 and 0. So let's go ahead and get him his yards and give him the MVP, and Rams probably be the champions. Do you expect both of these teams back in this game in the next few years? You know, I think Cincinnati's going to do a lot of damage over these next years. Yes, uh, on the flip side with the Rams, possibly if they can keep that defense going, absolutely. Okay. Uh, what are your plans tonight and tomorrow? Let me hear what the agenda is going to be like for the Foss. <sighs> The NFL Legends, hosted by none other than Rob Gronkowski. Oh, my God. This evening, starting at 10 p.m. Pacific. So that's midnight. Y'all, I mean, no, not midnight 11. is central. 11. That's when, yeah. yeah, but midnight back at the, we, we ding-dong there, sleep in a little bit, um, and then tomorrow's Lee Steinberg. Do you have any idea what to expect for the Gronk party? Goodness. <laughs> lots of lots of lots of goodness of the adult persuasion. I don't know. I, I think Gronk's a pretty good guy. You know, he he's he's gregarious. He's a lot of fun. Um, I think he understands Super Bowl, right? right. And uh, I think he's a good host. A, a, you know, as well as you and you and I are hosts. Do me a so favor. A- Do me a favor. Yeah. If you run into Gronk tonight yes. and you get to talk to yes. him, bring okay. up. Bring up UTEP football head coach Dana Dimmel, who was uh, his assistant coach uh, in Arizona when Gronk was there. Text me that so I'll recall at 10 at night tonight. I mean, text me before, and I'll I'll run it through. And I may be able, if Gronk is real cool, I may be able to get a a quick video clip back for our boys and our listeners at – 600 ESPN El Paso. There you go. Be fun to have Gronk give a shout-out to Coach Dimmel and everybody at UTEP. That would be pretty good. I like that. So you got the, the Steinberg party tomorrow night. The Gronk. Tomorrow afternoon, 1 to 5. Oh, 1, 1 to, to 5, five. tomorrow afternoon. Uh, what about tomorrow night? And are you done with? Are you done right now with your uh, former Princeton teammate, or will you see Dean again before this trip is over? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll see Dean again. Um, yes. Okay. Perfect. And where are you watching the game on Sunday? I'll be back in, in Austin. So you'll be flying not back, decided yet. Flying back on Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. Got it. Yes. All yes. right. Have a great yeah. time. Let's chat. Let's catch up with you the next Monday or Tuesday and we'll get a wrap on everything. Okay. Yes. Listen, 
have had a blast. We'll post more now. Like I said, I was holding the Dak and Dean photo to come out after this interview. Um, it wasn't the greatest when the lighting wasn't great. So I just preface that, but it is the three of us. I'm looking forward to seeing it. That'll be great. And by the way, I know you went above and beyond to get us that NFL experience, and I appreciate that because it looked cool, it sounded good, but this was also terrific because we got you uh, one-on-one with no background noise, all those NFL uh, Super Bowl rings behind you for the Cowboys. Very nicely done, and uh, good work this week, Foss. Listen, Cappy, always a pleasure. Uh, There's nothing like working for home, you know, in that regard. And, and again, I know uh, as we grew up, we didn't get a lot of – uh, fanfare being so far west in the great state of Texas. However, now you have uh, some concerned citizens. And so this is a treat. This is great to be able to collaborate with you and Adrian and give our hometown uh, an opportunity and a live look in of what's going on at the Super Bowl or any other events that we cover. Exactly right. All right. Good job, Foss. Appreciate it once again. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds great, my friend. Thank you. There he is, Steve Foster. Follow him on Twitter at Foss underscore sports and check out everything he's got with Laying Down the Law Sundays on ESPN out there in San Antonio. We'll come back, wrap things up with Hour 1. Cody Decker still to come. Hour 2, Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Shirts in Detroit. Have you seen that? Oh, I'm loving that, Steve. We'll take the Detroit fans. We'll take the St. Louis fans. Everybody is they've on, taken come like on board. A, they've taken like the Lions logo and they put a Rams horn on it and they've kind of merged the two and they're selling merch because of Matt Stafford. You know, it's a good time to be a Detroit fan right now. You got a rookie in Cade Cunningham in basketball and football. You get to root for Matt Stafford. Now he gets some success with right. the Rams. Yeah, it's a good time if you're a Detroit fan. Uh, if you missed any of the Foss conversation, you can catch it on our YouTube channel. And you actually get a chance to watch him in the middle of the NFL experience. And it took him like four minutes to eat a Snickers bar that was the size of my thumb. So, again, that's all up on uh, 600 ESPN El Paso's YouTube channel here in just a little bit. Meanwhile, we've got tickets to give away right now, Adrian. we got to give away some seats to go see UTEP and... Um, Marshall on Sunday. Yeah, here's the biggest thing. If you're going to participate in this, go to the game, please, because there are a lot of people out there who tried to call in uh, for that Joe Golding special as he was giving away 34 packs out there, and our good friend Mike Mendoza on social media hit us up, and he's giving us these tickets. So if you win, please go to the game. Let's give away the second uh, the second row tickets first. What Perfect. do you say? Let's do it. Are you gonna get, this is a good question, by the way. This is something that I think uh, you know might challenge some El Pasoans out of the gate. Um, okay, so, okay, on this date in UTEP history, right? Uh, Close enough. I think it was like, okay. um, it was right around uh, 12 years ago or so, but it's, uh, you know, it's something that involves the great Randy Culpepper more than anything else. Exactly. He's, he tied for the second most points in school history. Who did he do it against and how many points did he score? Oh, I like that. A, two, a two-part question. Yes. Very nice. Yes. Let's do it. All right. So how many points did Culpepper score to finish tied for the second most in the history of the school and who did they do it against? Good little question there. I like that. 12 years ago. That's the hint that we'll give. First person in with the correct answer is going into the second row to watch the Miners and Marshall, thanks to our pal Mike Mendoza, who's given his tickets away. We'll do another uh, We'll do another trivia question next hour, too. Perfect. Sounds good to me, Steve. All right. Meanwhile, this is really interesting. So, uh, apparently, Southern Miss, uh, Southern Miss, along with ODU and Marshall, have all decided – that they want to leave 
in June and get out of Conference USA. So apparently what's happening right now is that Conference USA, along with Southern Miss, Old Dominion, and Marshall, are going to be in a little bit of a legal battle because Ross Dellinger reported that according to CUSA's bylaws, schools must give a 14-month notice before exiting. And CUSA plans on holding Southern Miss, Old Dominion, and Marshall to that. And they don't plan to budge. So this could very well become a legal fight to the finish to see if those three schools will get to leave early for the Sun Belt. I think they will, Steve, when it's all said and done, because what they can just depart right now and then if the and then kind of wait in the background as the court proceedings take take place. And I understand, hey, maybe they might owe more than what they could have done in, in this buyout process. This 14 month thing is ridiculous. We all knew it wasn't going to be 14 months, Steve. I, I'm I'm in this yeah. I'm in the boat right now where Conference USA dropped the ball on this one. Oh, Without coming I'm, I'm, with, they didn't come out with the res- resolution. No, they didn't. It's a, it's a problem. The story was in The Athletic today from Chris Vanini about uh, how essentially uh, Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss announced plans jointly to leave Conference USA on June the 30th. So they want out. They want to leave in, in four and a half months. So that's the plan. And they you know, have already accepted the invitations. They want out by uh, June 30th. And they also released those statements at 1 o'clock. Sunbelt, of course, declined comment on the news. Now, here's what CUSA released today. There is a major realignment happening across the collegiate athletics landscape. All conferences and their members have agreed upon bylaws and contractual obligations for when transition occurs. We have chosen not to engage uh, publicly, but have communicated with our member institutions and expect them to meet those obligations. So there you go. There is going to be the big fight to see if CUSA will be down to 11 by next season or if these three are going to have to wait one more year. Steve, I think it's it, they have to proceed with 11 teams because today at 3 o'clock they were supposed to drop the the Conference USA football schedule and they didn't. That didn't happen today well, and so it will happen Monday now that all these three schools will pull out have decided they're pulling out. We were told according to a source and that told Vanini CUSA sent out its fall 2022 schedules today which included Marshall, ODU and Southern Miss at the same time that the three statements were released. That's ridiculous. That just shows how bad this conference really is. It's not. It's 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 a clown show. Unfortunately, it's just the way things are. All right, listen. Uh, we've got a lot to do. We've got to get to uh, Cody Decker to begin our uh, five o'clock hour. We'll do that and more as Sports Talk continues right here at six hundred ESPN El Paso. Welcome back. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk as we continue. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Do we have an answer on trivia? We do not. Really? Yes, yes. And I want to give somebody these second row seats. Maybe I'll help out with the first no, one. don't. Okay. Give it what about give the enough. date? You said it was 12 years ago. Yeah, that's, that's enough help. So if you have enough, if you're, as long as you, you, you passed, you know, fourth grade math, uh, you, you know what, uh, you know, 10, what, what, you know, what 12 years ago is, right? That's right. That's right. Exactly. Please. 22 minus 12. Equals whatever. Equals our guest, who joins us now in our 600 ES Piano Paso Lubingo Studios. So happy to have this man back with us. He is Cody Decker, El Pasoan, 
Uh, part-time El Pasoan, but he's here most of the time. I mean, let's be honest, he spends the majority of his time in El Paso and then uh, back and forth between El Paso and Southern California, uh, where he'll be back for uh, Super Bowl 56. Good to see you. Thanks for making time. No. Thank you, Cap. Look at you. You're a handsome man. Adrian Broadus is playing ACDC in from breaks. Have you been teaching this young man music? It's amazing. I have. Look at I you. have. Look at you. We taught him winger, and now he's got ACDC. Isn't it great? Aren't you excited to hear what music he's going to play during your hour here with us today? Every single time. And I'm, I'm always excited when it's not klezmer music. Mm, it's a good point. Yeah. yeah we'll try not to, we'll, we'll keep the klezmer off today. Well, listen, I, it's fine. not that I'm not a fan of klezmer music, mm. but I, I am a, a, I'm not, but I don't want to always hear klezmer music. I don't blame you. I wouldn't do that either, too. You know, so that's, that's fair. Fiddler that's on the Roof is good once every 20 years. Yes. That if, is, if Alfred Molina's playing the main character, that, that's about it. Have we seen Alfred Molina in Fiddler on the Roof? Only, only because it's a viral video of him in his Doc Ock co- costume because he was training for Fiddler on the Roof and all the puppeteers are using the using the Doctor Octopus arms as snapping fingers as he's if oh, I want a rich man. That's hilarious. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I gotta check it's that so out. It's so great. That sounds amazing. All right. Um, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, it's been all week of building up, two weeks of building up Super Bowl 56. Oh, yeah. You excited about that, especially being a, a Southern California guy and yeah, now you get the Rams? But you know I'm a Raider guy. You know, yeah, I, it's I, true. I grew up a Los Angeles Raider fan. Uh, and believe it or not, I, and here's the thing. Everybody should know this. P- fans in L.A. are actually very much on the Rams right now. I, I think the first time they were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, no one really cared. I didn't care. But as things have progressed, they have their own stadium. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, the fan base has really come out. Off, obviously, uh, you know, having an actual quarterback is what is just turning yes. that city into a different thing. It's a lot of fun, and not only that, Cincinnati is just a great story. They knocked my Raiders out of the playoffs. I am, I am a Joe Burrow fan. Like, He's I, amazing. I just, I, I dig this guy. Uh, but I do think that the uh, Cinderella story is going to most likely come to an end. But I, 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 I really am excited for this Super Bowl. Here's what I said, though, um, really, and I, and I believe this uh, firmly, that unless you are either a, a fan of the NFC West or the AFC North, I almost feel, because I have nothing, I have no skin in this game whatsoever, I'm happy whoever wins. Yep. I really am. Rams win, good for Stafford, good for the Rams. If the if um, the Bengals win, unbelievable story with Burrow and company. So I'm I'm happy no matter what. Yeah, honestly, I I do. I would love to see the Rams win. I mean, they've kind of become my NFC team, mm-hmm. um, de facto team, and I've just kind of dug them. They've been fun and exciting to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to lose any sleep if Cincinnati wins their first ever Super Bowl. I mean, keep in t- keep in mind there are nine teams in the NFL right now that have been to the Super Bowl but have never won, and they are one of those teams. So I'm kind of uh, I'm sorry, eight teams now. Now that the Eagles have won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, but yeah, it's it's I'm excited. I, I wouldn't mind seeing them win it, but you know, seeing the Rams win a Super Bowl in Los Angeles mm. in their new stadium would be pretty exciting, and it'd be great for Stafford. It By would be. Way. I mean, let's not sit here and pretend it wouldn't be pre- awesome for him. Do you like what Detroit did? Calling themselves the Detroit Rams right now and selling Detroit Rams gear in uh, in the city. Pretty funny. Pretty funny. You know what? And I, I gotta you gotta appreciate those Lions fans a little bit. I, and believe it or not, the most fun I had watching a football game this season was not any of these absurdly great games lately that we've seen, especially that 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 blowout between. Say like uh, I mean, just really any game this playoff. Mm-hmm. The best game I've seen this year was when the Ra- when the Lions won their first game this year. I was watching it here in El Paso, Texas, at a buddy's house. A bunch of diehard Chicago Bears fans 
And we all celebrated that winning touchdown for the Lions as if they just won the Super Bowl. We were excited. It That's was awesome. Phenomenal. So I've kind of I've kind of grown to appreciate the Lions and their fans. I believe it. Hey, we just got a winner on trivia, so thank you for playing. We're going to give away another four-pack of tickets, but Sean knew the answer finally. We've got ourselves our first fan that's going to be going to see the Miners and Marshall on Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, that's right. Sean guessed that Randy Culpepper tied for the most in second, uh, the second most points actually in school history with 45 points scored in their 176 win against Eastern Carolina on t- on uh, February th- uh, 13th. 2010. Awesome. Good job, Sean. Way to go, man. Congratulations and enjoy those tickets. That's uh, coming up. We'll give away another pair before the end of the show. And thanks to our pal Mike Mendoza for making that happen as we chat right now with Cody Decker here with us in our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo studio. I don't know if you know this, but this hour also, Adrian is going to be giving his movie review today. Oh, God. So listen, now this is good. This is very important. We have to catch you up on this from yesterday's show. So as you know, So many iconic movies over the last 30, 40 years have never been seen by Adrian. In fact, he doesn't even know who some of these movies even are, okay? Yeah. So, he's made a list of movies he's going to watch, and then he is going to get on Sports Talk each afternoon and review for about three to five minutes another movie. And it's going to start today. By the way, if you don't mind, because you got to hear this, go through the list of 70 movies we worked on yesterday that you have not seen but will be on your list so Cody can hear all the movies that you're going to be watching this year. The 70 that he has not seen. Correct. 70 I haven't seen uh, and uh, I am dating my... Most from the 80s. Most are from the 80s. I'm a millennial. That means nothing. How old are you? I'm 35. I'm a millennial. I'm 25. Great. We're both millennials. You have no excuse. You have 10 years on me. You said millennial. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, People who are 26 and younger probably haven't seen these movies. All right. Ready. Blue Velvet. Blade Runner. Misery. Go back. Go back. I'm willing to forgive Blue Velvet. Did you just say Blade Runner? Okay, so oh, here's, we're, here's, we're just starting. Yeah, we're, we're just, just starting. starting. <laughs> well, I watched the newer one, and then I was with a bunch of people but who why were like, would you see "Why Blade Runner 2? Exactly. They said, "Why are you watching this one without watching the first?" Did one? you understand anything? Al- almost nothing. So, <laughs> uh, Misery, Firestarter, Full Metal Jacket, Cutting Edge, Devil's Advocate. Here you go, Cody. White man can't jump. How have you not? You work in sports. I know, I, and I am a white man who can't jump. That these facts. These are two facts. I've seen you jump. It's it's tough. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, Donnie Brasco, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, The Negotiator, Heat. Oh Heat. my God. Okay. We're just getting started. Heat. We're just getting started. Oh, the Outsiders, Slapshot, Rocky ah! Four, Rocky Five, Raging ah! Bull, ah! Eight Men Out. That's fine. Okay. Uh, North Dallas 40, Talk Radio, Lifeguard, Bachelor Party, Mask, not The Mask. Wait, 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 wait. Go back. you never seen Bachelor Party? No. That was what I did yesterday. I, I, th- I, was, I was just as in shock as, as you are right now. I mean, I will say it does not age well. No, but it was great for the time. <laughs> great for the time. That's exactly. That's 100% right. Midnight uh, Run, hmm. Deliverance with Honors, St. Elmo's Fire. 
Porky's, Secret of My Success, Any Given Sunday, Casablanca, Bang the Drum Slowly, Boogie, <laughs> 61. It's just, not bang, Boogie, I it's just, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Wait, wait, you, there's a big, big difference there. <laughs> <laughs> Casablanca and Boogie Nights? Uh, well, uh, here's the thing. Those are two must-see movies, especially Casablanca, arguably yes. the greatest movie ever made. Humphrey Bogart, I mean... Ugh. <sighs> Sixty-one, The Lost Boys, All the Right Moves, Some Kind of Wonderful, nineteen forty-one, History of the World, Steel Magnolias, Short Circuit, Untouchables, Say Anything, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Dirty Harrys, The Last of Mohicans, Toy Soldiers, Hudson Hawk. Do I need to stop at, at any of these? I, I just, I, I, you've never seen Last of the Mohicans. I, you, Hudson Hawk, why is that on this list? <laughs> one, of our li- one, of our, one of our listeners tweeted that movie out, there, one of his favorites. There, there is a couple of movies on this list. I'm like, I think you could skip about 15 of these. Um, what, what, you, want, you want to edit them when we're done? Yeah, but, but okay. uh, yeah, The Lost Boys, I mean, that's yeah. fun. You're, I don't think you'll enjoy that as much as... I think that's more of a nostalgia piece. But I will say Casablanca, Boogie Nights, yeah. 1941 is a funny movie, but uh, it's a very hit and or miss movie for a lot of people. History of the World Part One. Love it, mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. I need some clunkers though. That, that's the thing is, I, there, there, I will say movies in this mix so that because I, I'm rating these movies, I got to give reviews. There's gonna there are a couple of clunkers in there. I'm not gonna lie to you, but you also said say anything, and that mm-hmm. just ripped my soul out. That you've never seen say anything. I did this to him yesterday, and he had no idea what I was doing. Oh my no god! Idea. And if we no. don't come back from break immediately with some Peter Gabriel, <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, but he has to be the right Peter Gabriel. Yes, don't okay. play Shock the Monkey. I swear to God, <laughs> I will lose my mind if you play Shock the Monkey. All right, what else we have? What Creep else? Show two. Uh, did you see the first Creep Show? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dune. Flash the new Dune or the old I, I Dune? See, I've seen the new. Uh, well, no, I haven't seen the new one, but I've seen the previews for the new one. <laughs> okay, well, um, the new one's very good. I will tell I've you, the old that. one does not age all that great. Okay, Flashdance, Fatal Attraction, uh, Urban Cowboy, Driving Miss Daisy, Big Trouble in Little China, Classic, Born on the Fourth of July, yeah. Dead Alive, Wall Street, The Color of Money, Johnny Dangerous. I know where the Dead Alive came from. Yes. No. <laughs> That's right. That is right. You better believe it. One of the great, one of the all-time greatest B movies ever. Go ahead. Uh, True Lies, Officer and a Gentleman. You've never seen True Lies? I know. Oh my God. Weird Science. Eh, uh, all the right. Bill and Ted's. What? Um, oh my God. Never seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No. Point Break. No. No. Why? What? what, what? No. <laughs> That's the one that took you to the edge. You have never seen Point Break. <laughs> All right, here's some other ones. Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. Evil Dead 2 is better. Skip Evil Dead. Okay. Necessary Roughness. Oh, my God. How have you never seen Necessary Roughness? Scott Bakula at mm. his best. Mm. Sinbad before everyone hated him. <laughs> Young Blood, Midnight Madness, and The Program. Okay, there are a lot of clunkers in there, and I will tell you the clunker. Uh, the, the program is an interesting one to end on because I I will tell you that is just pure '90s trash. So I appreciate it for the '90s trash that it is. Okay. But but Point Break that you just said you've never seen Point Break. That's right. You're you're we're talking we're talking Swayze in his prime Point Break. Yep, that's right. Bodie, you cross the line, people die. That Point Break. Mm. By the Catherine way, Bigelow, best people, movie she's ever done. People don't know this. You, okay, so you've you've had your 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 long career in baseball, but you have always been a film 
uh, connoisseur. That's the best way to put it. You are yeah. a, a film buff, and that's why I knew this segment would be perfect because you had to hear a list of the movies that we came up with yesterday on the show. I'm, I'm very confused by a lot of this list. There's a, there's a lot of names in there, and I'm like, what? Oh. why is Driving Miss Daisy on this list? That's a unique choice. This just came in from Bovine Fecal Matter on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Add some variety to the list. Spaceballs. Yeah, Have you seen like Spaceballs? Yes. Okay. okay, good. Clockwork Orange. No. Oh, you know what? I got to say, though, I'm not a Clockwork Orange guy. That's a that's a tough watch. That's not a It's not a great movie, in my opinion. Mm. Although, instead of Spaceballs, can I add something to this list that I just can't fathom is not on it? Yes. Because Slapshot's on the list, as it should be. That should be one of your first movies. And that's going to be one of your highest rated movies, by the way. It's such a great movie. Uh, have you seen Caddyshack, Adrian? Yes. Okay, yes. thank God. Yeah. Thank I'm God. Not that Have bad. you seen Tin Cup? No. Oh, add Tin Cup to the list. Yeah, Tin Cup is Tin good. Cup is a good one. Okay, okay. Tin Cup is a good movie. That's a really good one. No, I agree with good, you. On that good good poll. Thank you. Well done. Um when we come back, you are gonna do your first review. I'm ready. And that movie is gonna be The Warriors. There we go. Oh my goodness. So that- Adrian, starting it off on with some fire here on the show. Can you dig it? When we come back, Adrian, the Warriors, and Cody Decker, all with us. Sports Talk continues. Back to Charlie One for traffic. Little Peter Gabriel taking us back here to Sports Talk. Nope. Wrong Peter Gabriel. Nope. Really? Yeah. Not even close. Would you like me to? Um, <laughs> would you like me to give you the song that uh, you're missing out on? Yes. You want me to play this? All right, hang on. I mean, this song. By the way, uh, just so you know, I own this. So- I I used to uh, have this song on. Uh, was it cassette or LP? Because I had I had Peter Gabriel. So I think I actually had this on. Um, I think I had this on vinyl. Hang on. Here we go. This is the song. Pal. Who doesn't channel their inner Lloyd Dobler? You ever heard this song, Adrian? Never. Never. Come on! Never. Never heard this, huh? Nothing. No. Doesn't, doesn't no. do anything for you? Come on, man. This doesn't make, like your, make your heart sing. Can't help you there, Kyle. Oh, it's so great. Here, it's so great. To, let me get let me see if I can fast forward to the chorus. Without a voice, Still no. No. Sounds like Genesis. Well, he used to be the lead singer of Genesis. Yeah, absolutely. Back in the old days. Here it comes, Adrian. It's perfect. Anyway. It's perfect. I agree with you. It's perfect. All right, well, good try, Adrian. All right, so, all right, now, you have a movie review for us, and matter of fact, let me give you your theme song for our new segment here, Adrian's Movie Reviews. Here we go. The Warriors. It came out in 1979. I watched it. Hulu had it. If you haven't seen this movie, I'd consider it a cult classic. Pretty sharp. I, You know, my favorite part about this whole movie was definitely the opening, Can You Dig It? My, my one question is, 
Uh, did this did, was did this like set a trend afterward? Did everybody start saying "Can you dig it?" after this? Because I thought that was hilarious. I, that was that's number one. Uh, loved Michael Beck in this movie. My favorite character was I think it's Cochise, Cochise. I forgot how they pronounced it. Cochise, lo- my God. <laughs> okay, hey, he was awesome. Okay, David Harris, he he, he played him. I'd give this one a four. I'd give it about four out of five bananas. Okay. Right, so four out of five it. bananas. What what kept it for you from being a, a perfect five? Well, it, it was a little bizarre. Like at the beginning, it was pretty crazy. It's fun, right? It was, it was all over the place. I loved how they went up against all these different gangs throughout the whole movie. Oh yeah. Uh, I would say I would say a little anticlimactic ending. I kind of wanted a little twist or something like that. So yeah, it was it was good. It was good. Solid. All right. Solid start. Did you at least like the gang and the Yankee pinstripes? Yes, I, I right. love that one. The the face paint was crazy. Yeah, absolutely right. All right. Uh, Cody, how did Adrian do for his first movie review? Four out of five stars for The Warriors. You know, I think that's a fair assessment. I find it to be a very enjoyable movie. Four out of five stars. Feels like it's pretty close. There's a lot of nostalgia in there. His name is Cochise. Um, yeah, Adrian. Good job. Okay, appreciate it. I think you did a good job. You came in with some facts. You came in with some interesting personal. What was your favorite scene in the movie? You know, it, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the fact when they were uh, on the subway, and I guess it was like the couple or like the two sets of couples who were who got on the subway, and they were just looking at how disgruntled the. Uh, I guess it was you know it was Michael Beck looked at that mm-hmm. point, and they, they were just kind of looking at him, and then and they just gave him the death stare, and the the couples left the subway immediately at the next stop, saying, "Hey, we got to let's get off here. Let's get off." I like it. Yeah. By the way, that was New York in 1980. I mean, that, that is not sugarcoating what the city was like with the subway lines and everything else. That that was New York City in 1980, all right? they It didn't get cleaned up by Ed Koch probably for at least another six, uh, seven years later. I mean, so that's what it was like. I mean, you got a pretty good example of it right did there. Did everybody wear vests afterward? I don't know. I wasn't there. What, were, were, did you wear a vest with no shirt, Steve? That was my that was my look, man. I went to <laughs> I, I went through, I went through elementary school uh, showing up like that every day. Uh, yeah, that was really popular at Hebrew school back in the early '80s. Let me tell you. You know the guy that I, I don't know the actor's name, but he he has just been such a good bad guy. The one that does mm-hmm. the warriors oh, yeah. come out and play. The Crow, one of the bad guys in The Crow. Uh, Commando, he's responsible for one of the greatest lines ever. Remember when I said that I would kill you last? Yes, yes, you said that. I lied. <laughs> Classic. Have you seen Commando? No. God! Watch Point Break next. It's really good. That might be a good weekend movie for you, the original Point Break. Because okay. they've done two. Watch the original. All right. Yeah, the, the remake is just a terrible read. Don't even bother. All right. Um, 25 passes. We continue here on Sports Talk with Cody Decker in our uh, 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo studios. We'll find out what's going on with El Paso Border Youth Athletic in just a little bit. In the meantime, is baseball going to have enough progress this weekend that when we hit the air on Monday, we can legitimately talk about a settlement and a potential return to spring training? As soon as Monday? Well, I mean, they're meeting over the weekend. That's yeah. the whole idea. Well, I mean, but they've also met four times in the past two months. Will progress be made? I, I, I hope so. Um, I think progress will be made. It's clear that pro- some, 
and I want to really say that with a, a big, big quotation mark, some progress has been made. You know, they've made little caveats, simple things like, you know, the, the draft pick compensation needed to go away because it just leads to extra tanking. Uh, and, the, um, and of course, the universal DH, this has been so useless. And I'm so glad it's finally being implemented, not because I'm a big fan of getting rid of the double switch. I'm just glad that we could stop having this argument on yeah. whether or not you know, a double switch in the eighth inning is pure baseball. Boy, everyone real excited for that illustrious double switch. Um, but there's bigger problems. You, you have to understand, in the past four years, Major League Baseball average salary is down over $6 million. The guys that get up to the big leagues is even less than it'll ever be because now the 40-man roster is now a 29-man roster. These are all moves that Major League Baseball has made not for the sake of the game, simply to pay players less. That is the whole thing behind it. And it's a very ugly system that they put in place. These things do need to be resolved, and... I also think it's very important that the owners, and I think this was a big misstep yesterday by Rob Manfred, sitting there trying to make the claim that owning a major league franchise is not a lucrative uh, business oh, investment. That's, that's the dumbest thing ever. I mean, it's it's insulting. Just I'll use a local a team that's well, local is relative, but I'll take the Texas Rangers in 2009. I mean, Mark Cuban tried to buy the Texas Rangers. He had a bid of 490 million dollars, and he lost the bid to a 530 million dollar bid. Yeah. That those oh, that ownership group owned the team for nine years, not even an entire decade, and they sold the team for $1.8 billion. And during that time, they went from the best team in the major leagues to the worst, yeah. and then eventually got the city of Arlington to build them a $2 billion stadium. And they still uh, almost quadrupled their investment. Still. Yeah. So if anyone sits here and Rod Manfred wants to say that it's not a lucrative thing to own a major league franchise, I mean, give me a break. That is the most ridiculous thing in the world to say. That I being know. said... There are bigger problems than a comment like that. So I think this can get done. My, my hope, my true hope, is that there will be a deal done before March 1st. I don't think it's super likely, but I do think there will be progress made after a lot of shouting. I'm just happy we're not going to be dealing with the, uh, the replacement players because that would not be right. It would not put guys in a good spot at all. Since, it's a tough place. You know, it is a tough place. It's a Abs- tough place. But keep in mind, no matter what, minor leaguers are showing up. They have to. They don't have a choice. So mm-hmm. the Chihuahuas players, they will be at spring training on time, getting ready for their Chihuahuas season. When is on time? Early March? Is um, that about right? Yeah, usually around. I think, I'm think i trying to think my first like two years before I started going to the the. the Cool camps, uh, mm-hmm. but the minor league camps they start around March first, and you know you play that month, and it's a it's a grind in the minor league side. I believe but, it, but well, it's it's still cool, and they're going to get ready for their season. It's just it's unfortunate we're in this place, and but I am actually kind of very. I, this is like the first time I'm almost somewhat happy about the uh, this um, you know this current digital age that we're in in social media, because in 1994 the owners played this very same playbook, and fans turned on players quite easily. It's finally backfiring because the players have more of a voice out there on social media, and they're able to actually articulate what the problems are. And I, I wouldn't say it's gone; it's definitely gone less in the owners' favors. And I think the owners have not made themselves look good. In '94, really, all they had was SportsCenter and oh, ESPN. Yeah. That was their lone area because, yeah, you, they, you have their comments reported in the newspaper, but the only place that we would actually see them was was ESPN back in those days. Pretty much, and now now every single player themselves. Has as a messaging board for them to get the word out. And, and again, the owner's playbook, it's a little old now. They're playing old old moves that are, at this point, for lack of a better phrase, is kind of insulting to people's intelligence. More with Cody as we continue here on Sports Talk. You want to get in, 880-5763, our telephone number. Let's get right now to Adrian in this bottom-of-the-hour Sports Center update.
very much. We continue here on Sports Talk right now with Cody Decker, uh, who's in town. And uh, again, uh, as a lot of you know from all of his time with us on the show, works uh, for El Paso Border Youth Athletic Association. How are things going at the EPBYAA? I, I butchered that. The EPBYAA. Yeah, that's B- what I'm trying to say. It's easier to say BYAA. The El Paso Border Youth Athletic Association. I'm really proud of what we're doing. You know, we've been trying to raise money, especially if, you know for the facility that we want to build. But on top of that, we have our, our base play events that have been going on. Uh, not only do we have base play uh, in the Clint County, now we're in Donna Anna County. So that's another league. And keep my it's a completely free program, in case you know anything about it. It's for a youth program, and it's complete if we provide bats, balls, coaches, a lot of volunteers. And um, all it requires is classroom participation. You just have to show up to class, and you can be a part of this league. Uh, we do have a thing tomorrow uh, that you can come sign up. We're going to be at the uh, Art of Vino's Desert Crossing. We're going to be there during the farmer's market, so you can come check us out and chat us up and uh, ask as many questions as you would like. Again, this program is completely free, and we're really, really proud of it. It's uh, an association with Major League Baseball, and you know, uh, th- there's so many things building here in El Paso, especially on the baseball side and the athletic side. Um, guys are signing to school that they never signed to before. This school, this city is, I think, just getting ready to really, really blow up when it comes to the uh, the sport of baseball and softball. Only thing we're missing right now is UTEP baseball, right? I've been saying that for a very long time. Um, but, you know, the realism of the whole situation is uh, football and basketball seem to be back, coming on their way back. That happens. Baseball coming back to UTEP is a real legitimate possibility. Uh, it, but, it, you know, it's expensive. You gotta, there's 11.7 scholarships on that men's team, which means you have to create the same amount for the women's teams, which is per- perfectly reasonable. If there's still short scholarships, which UTEP is, they're, they're, they're not at the balance yet that they need to be. But, mm-hmm. but here's the answer, okay? And this is, I've talked about this on air. Swimming and diving. That opens up so many scholarships. If you bring on swimming and diving just for women, and then you have the ability to you know, to even it up and then potentially add men's, uh, you know, men's baseball to it, which is which would be to me the the ultimate right there. Well, I I've never been quiet that uh, an absolute absolute dream job for me would be to be coaching that team. I would kill to be a, a D1 coach here. That'd be awesome. I mean, UTEP, I think, is a city... You, I mean, this city is just prime for it. I think they would support the team. Believe it or not, I think El Paso would support a UTEP baseball team better than just about any other D1 baseball team. I think this place would go crazy for it. I, I, I really do. Um, I think it's something that will eventually one day come to pass. I hope it does. I hope so, too. I, I really do. Yeah. So, as far as baseball goes, you believe when it's all said and done and this deal gets done... It will. All right. Who gets the better end of the deal? The players or the owners? Uh, you know, at the end of the day, truthfully, I think the players are going to end up happier than I initially thought they would be, but I think they're still going to be fairly disappointed, uh, as are the owners. I think... But that's the key to this, and that's what I really want to make abundantly clear. Both sides are going to make some concessions. Both sides' concessions are going to hurt. Um... That's the key to a good negotiation. Both sides walking away just as unhappy as the other side. That's how we're going to get Major League Baseball in 2022. How many years do you think the CBA will be? Ten? I hope so, because I just don't want to deal with this again in the next decade. Right. It's never yeah. pleasant. Um, I just there's This goes back a hundred years. Um, the distrust between players and uh, the ownerships. And there is a lot of reasons behind it. Um, so it's I would love to see MLB and the Players Association to kind of grow to a better relationship going forward. It's not that it's the bastion of the greatness of a relationship, but NBA and the NBA PA have a much better relationship than MLB and MLB PA. 
And it seems as though the players seem to really respect Adam Silver. I don't feel like I'm getting the same feeling from players in Major League Baseball towards Rob Manfred. And I don't, I don't know Rob Manfred well. I've only met him once. And I had actually a very pleasant and lovely experience with him. So, you know, I, I'm a kind of guy that I, I don't want to dislike anybody. Yeah. So I, 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 would, I, would, I would love to see a relationship actually grow between these two. Where'd you meet Manfred? Where'd you guys run into each other? I ran into him at the uh, winter meetings down in San Diego. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And that was back when you were still playing. I was still playing. I was still with the Chihuahuas, in fact. That's right. Yeah. How was, what was that like for you? Was that, did you used to attend winter meetings every year, or did you go there because it was in your backyard? I went there because it was my backyard, and I thought it'd be really funny if I got some footage and made fun of the entire situation. Uh, so I went to the Rule 5 draft. I actually attended really? my final, the final Rule 5 draft that I was eligible for. And I got to let, let, sit there and watch them not rule five me. It was hilarious. Oh my god! So in other words, but I wore I, I carried around a picket sign that said "Rule Five Eligible" with a, 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 a arrow pointing down. Did you think there was a legitimate shot you were going to be taken in the Rule Five draft that year? Yes. Yeah. Really? I, yeah. There was a very legitimate shot. Was um, that was that fourteen or fifteen? That was after. It was between the two. Okay, so, so I just right I, after the 14 season. I was here in 14, get, hit like 28 get, homers. Right, didn't, didn't get called up, up but yeah. that's why you could have, and you weren't protected. You weren't on the 40, man. I had so, many phone yes. calls uh, with my agent and a few teams. Uh, it, it was looking like there was a strong possibility I would get Rule 5. But it didn't happen, and you know what? I ended up coming back to El Paso, sure. had another great year here, got to the big leagues that season. So, you know, really, it all worked out for the best. Because no matter what, most likely I would have started that next season in AAA somewhere. If I'm going to play AAA baseball, yeah, I wanted to play here. What was the Rule 5 draft like? Um, it was not extravagant at all. It was one guy at a podium that's mm-hmm. just going around, this team takes this, this team takes this, this team takes this. All right, we're done. I'm just sitting there I'm like, that's it? That was all, huh? That's it. That doesn't sound like fun. 160 home runs, no one wants it? All right. <laughs> How about the rest of the winter meetings? It was fun. Uh, okay. you, here, you know what the winter meetings are? It, it, they, if they, they sell it. As though it's serious work and business being done. And there is some. You know, a lot of meetings involving players, agents, teams. But for the most part, it's just everybody partying like like the world is ending tomorrow. Really? Everyone parties. Yeah. Everyone gets there. It's 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 basically like a weekend long White House correspondence dinner mm-hmm. where all all the baseball nerds that you've ever known are just getting together and having themselves the time. Everybody drinks like they're in the Civil War and a doctor is coming over to saw a limb off. That good, huh? Yeah. That sounds like fun. It, I Well, listen, I behaved myself. I'm just saying it was just very interesting. It does. It sounds It sounds like one of those experiences that for you it was fun, I'm sure. Hey, media enjoy it. There's a lot of reasons why the Chihuahuas enjoy going to the winter meetings. Now I know why they're so excited when they're <laughs> off to the winter meetings. Makes a lot of sense. All right. Come back, wrap up the hour with you. What Absolutely. You Cody Decker will uh, finish it up right now. Sports Talk continues right here at 600 ESPN El Paso. 46 pass. We continue with Cody Decker here on Sports Talk. Busy five, uh, 6 o'clock hour. The Jock Doc's going to be joining us. Excited about that. The Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. Then we go right to uh, Jason Fitz and Freddie Fitzsimmons. I'm sorry, Freddie Fitzsimmons. Uh, Freddie Coleman from... Uh, Freddie and uh, and Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio. So a busy six o'clock hour. Meanwhile, Cody Decker is uh, enjoying the Fleetwood Mac experience. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. Fleetwood Mac Attack. Th- this chorus does everything to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's this part. Can you turn this part up real quick? It's this background. It's that. It's that backing Didn't they vocal. Incorporate this into Guardians of the Galaxy too. They sure did. In fact, you know you know what that was a good scene. Do you remember? Uh, 
in the Last Jedi, the fight scene when Luke and Ray see uh, not Luke and Ray, uh, Ray and Kylo Ren see each other and mm-hmm. they turn around and fight the guards. A bunch of people started putting songs to this. Someone took the guitar, the bass solo to the guitar solo part of this song Perfect, and put huh? it to the Perfect, as if Ryan Johnson, director of The Last Jedi, sat down and, and put it himself. That's awesome. It's the best. Very, very cool. Um, all right, as we wrap things up with you this hour, we've already talked. You, you believe Rams will win Super Bowl thir- uh, 56? I do. I, do. I, I think right. they're a stronger team. Uh, but, of course, listen, uh, I thought that the Raiders were going to beat the Bengals. Yeah. I, I didn't think the Bengals were going to get out of week one. And look what they're doing. I mean, it's been fun. They, they, there's, there's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's for sure. Yeah, it's good. It's been listen. It's been a great NFL playoff. Oh, it really so has. It's arguably, I would say maybe one of the most exciting ones I've ever watched. Where is Aaron Rodgers playing next year? I think he's going back to Green Bay. Okay. I, I, I think everything is just posturing. I think and um, you think uh, obviously Devontae Adams will sign a long-term contract with the, think, with the Packers? I think so. Okay. Especially if Aaron Rodgers goes back to Green Bay. Well, I think I think that the only way Rodgers goes back is if, if Devontae, Devontae goes signs. back. That's yeah. probably right. But I, yeah, I think that's what's going to take place. Especially after that, boy, oh boy, that was a very interesting speech at the that he gave for the MVP, huh? Yes, it was. I was like, okay, well, I, I guess he's staying. I know. He's very, he was, uh, <laughs> Thank really, you. I love you. Pretty much what he had to say. That's exactly right. That's exactly. Uh, is Kyler Murray going to stay in a Cardinals jersey? What the hell is going on? He's not going back to the A's. So no, he's not. What is this? I don't know. Maybe Kyler's agent's calling you right now and said, no, please keep it quiet. Don't say anything about it's my, that. It's my lovely, lovely wife. I'll call her back in just a moment. All in right. fact, I'm hanging out with my uh, in-laws. They're in town. Uh, my, my mother-in-law hasn't been here in like 20 years, so I'm really excited. I've been taking them around. I had like a date day with my, my mother-in-law. Very cool. That's You, you took her to some, some hot spots around town? Yeah, not, nothing crazy. I mean, I, I took her to uh, – we, we went to breakfast at Crave. There She's never, obviously never been there. And then we went, to, uh, we went to a coffee shop. We went like 210 Coffee Shop at uh, Montecito. And then right. we went – to top golf, that Very was nice. fun. She turns fun. turns out my mother in law can golf a little bit. She can hit the ball. Not huh? bad, That's really good. not bad. And then we went and had a great lunch at Piedmont Cafe, which I've never been quite as like a a place I stop by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you love it there, but by the way, um, you live in El Paso long enough now, yes. and you this you know you. Isn't this like the best time of year to be in El Paso oh, right now? So the weather is so great, unbelievable. Uh, but the only thing that's weird—it's so funny because it, it, it got up to like seventy today, and you stand in the shade, and it's like uh, it's negative four degrees. You're just in the shade, and you walk two steps forward. Oh, seventy! It's fascinating <laughs> to me, and it's so, so strange because you, you yeah. take other like desert towns, and you and I have discussed this before. You go to a desert town like Phoenix. Oh. It doesn't matter if you find shade. You are getting cooked whether you like it or not. This is not the case here. And Yeah, d- d- February, uh, March, th- this place is just the best. Absolutely right. I love it here. Uh, if you are interested, folks, in helping out Border Youth Athletic Association, contact Cody. Yes, please. Find me on social media, at Decker6 on Twitter, Antihero Baseball on Instagram. Uh, follow all of our accounts. You can check out our base play account on Instagram. You could check out, if you're especially if you're interested in signing up for base play, again, we will be tomorrow at the uh, Farmer's Market at Artavino's Desert Crossing. You can ask us about signing up for our base play program over in Donna Anna County, not to mention in Clint, where we've been doing it for years. Um, and everything that we have going forward. And check out our website, borderyouth.org. Check out our platforms, E-P-B-Y-A-A. That's at E-P-B-Y-A. And, of course, follow me and, and check me out. If you guys ever any – by the way, if anyone's, like, around the city and sees me, and, and want, I'm, I'm about as easy to talk to as possible. I, mm-hmm. I, it makes my day if anybody ever says anything. Somebody said something really nice to me today, and it honestly made my day. So thank you, El Paso. You guys are the best. Hey, Cody, are you playing in the A&A All the Way Foundation charity softball game? 
I, uh, I I was approached about it last year that we were gonna, we were going to do it like last July. Uh, I'm assuming so. Uh, I haven't talked to him uh, in a few months. So if he calls me, absolutely, I will be there. Hopefully, you will. I I, I as of right now, I'm intending to be there because I was supposed to be in the last one. So I'm assuming I'm going to be in this one. Good. And I would love to be a part of it. You kidding me? It's going to be great. It's for a great cause. I'm anything that's for a good cause in this city. I am so on board with. And the Jones brothers, they're legends in El they're Paso. Amazing. And amazing they're good guys. people. Great and just people. they they do. Great things for all. I was hope I was really hoping Aaron was going to win the uh, Man of the Year award in the NFL. Me was, you know. too, but you know what? It just it's just going to make it even better when he wins it next year. I agree with you there. All right, as we wind things up here, uh, and and again, you know, Cody's uh, been great. Um, you have a lot going on, a lot of stuff happening. You're doing you're doing radio interviews all over the country. Mm-hmm. You've got the MLB Network thing still out there right now, and who knows where that ends yeah, up? Okay. I'm hoping it's going to be a great year for you. I think it is here and everywhere else. Well, well, you know, I still have my stuff. So I'll still have my big-time baseball show with me and t- uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. and, uh, and uh, I'm sorry, John Heyman. There you go. And, of course, uh, I'm going to have uh, my – I believe I'm going to have my BetMGM MLB podcast powered by BetQL with Ryan Horvat. And uh, I, I am going to have my show on 670 The Score uh, in Chicago, Down the Line with Cody Decker, brought to you by Circus Resort and Casino. I'm, I'm really excited for those, is uh, doing those again. And, of course, whatever's going to take place with MLB or anywhere else. Follow me on Twitter to stay, abr- uh, stay abreast to it. But here's the thing. Here's the truth. I don't 100% know right now because it's fun. the lockout, man. The lockout put a lot of pauses on quite a few. Th- I mean, we got to get baseball back before we start getting back the people who can talk about baseball. If somebody has never been to spring training, what's the best way to describe what that experience is like for them if they go for the first time with their family? I think it's just fun. It's it's different. You know what? It's it's a completely different experience. And if you go at the right times, and Cap, I know you go mm-hmm. every year. At, in my opinion, a very cool and interesting time. You usually go when pitchers and catchers arrive. That's right. Now it's a quiet time there because all the not all the position players are there. Some are, but it's a lot of intimate access. That's and the, that's the end. That's the perfect word, intimacy. Yeah, it's, yes. it's a lot of intimate access. And you know, since we're kind of getting through past. Where we were in COVID, I think things will be a little bit more opened up over there. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the players are going to be a lot more open to signing more autographs and interacting more. I, I'm I, I'm really excited for baseball to come back. I really hope this uh, CBA ends because I want I want to have like a normal baseball season. I think we all do. I'm yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm fired up. Baseball is the best. Let's get it back. I got thirty seconds left in the hour. Wrap it up. Let's come full circle. Give Adrian three essential movies he has to see. Three essential movies he has to see. Well, Casablanca was already on there, so you're good there. Uh, Adrian, you've seen The Dark Knight. Yes. Godfather Part 2? Yes. Godfather Part 1? Yes, of course. Goodfellas? All the Godfathers. Yes, all, yeah, I've seen okay, Goodfellas. Good. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm trying to think of one I can really... You throw The Untouchables already on the list. Yes. Um, have you seen Scarface? Of course. Oh, well, it's a terrible movie. I would have told you not to. Um, I love it. Have you seen The Natural? Yes. Okay, he's doing better than I was expecting. Yeah, he has. He's just has, he has a big gap. He that's needs to thing. see Slapshot. That's, that's kind of un- that's a little yeah. unforgivable. One of the I'm not going to greats. Um, you got to watch Slapshot. You, it makes you appreciate everything. And not to mention this, you're going to want every coat Paul Newman wears in that film. Mm-hmm. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Okay, good one. I I need to put that one on there. Butch Cassidy and okay, Sundance Kid. You, you got to watch that movie. But Adrian, if you do not watch Point Break this weekend, we are no longer friends. Oof. Deal. You, okay. You got to watch Point Break. There's your there's your homework. There's your homework. All right. It's the best movie ever made ever. And anyone that disagrees is only wrong. I, I still think the football on the beach scene is one of my favorites. Oh, it's so time. number nine. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's Johnny Utah. <laughs> Beat up on USC for Ohio State. Number nine. I love it. Love Great it. to see you. Thanks for spending the hour with us.
Cap, you are family. Love you. You as well. He's Cody Decker. Back with Hour 3 right after this. Duke, thank you very much. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue to talk to the jock doc, Dr. Sergio Alvarado from the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine on another big week here, getting ready for Super Bowl 56. I know Doc is a huge sports fan, especially a football fan, and obviously uh, you, like everybody else, are pretty excited about what's going to be happening on Sunday. That's right. Uh, got the Buffalo Wings going, and I'm sure you, you guys are uh... You see Adrian smiling, so I'm sure he's got his uh, Super Bowl fixings ready to go. By the way, how how does uh, the, the Jock Doc celebrate? Uh, so you got the Buffalo Wings. Let me hear what the spread's going to be like at uh, Doc Alvarado's house right now. What do you have? Well, it's looking like uh, some an avocado dip and uh, mm. some tostadas, and you got the wings, and, and uh, probably just uh, enjoy a, a beer or two, you know? I love avocado. By the way, avocado dip is great. It's it's part of the good fat, right? If you're going to put fat in your That's body, right. there's good fat and bad fat, and avocado always falls on the good side. Yep. You, uh, get your omega-3, you know? That's exactly right. Good. And uh, are you uh, rooting for one team in particular, or you want to just see a great game? I, I, I want to see a great game, but I, I, I'm i uh, leaning towards the, the Bengals. You know, they're, they're, I know I know who Adrian's going for. <laughs> He's shaking his head and uh, – yeah, I mean it's going to be tough. I mean the the the, the Rams, uh, they're they're pretty solid and playing playing at home. You know, like the what what a great uh, Super Bowl. You know, I'm rooting for the Bengals too, but I won't be upset if the Rams win. I, I mean, I'd be happy for Matt Stafford. Like I've said earlier, since as a Jets fan, I have zero skin in this game. All I want to see is just a really good football game when it's all said and done. That's right. Yeah, and you know exactly. Like I, uh, I, I think la- last year. Uh, um, I I was rooting kind of for a little bit more for Tampa, but mm-hmm. but like you like you you know what if if the Rams win good good because they deserve it they were they worked hard and and uh, obviously you know like the like any game like the the better team will will win. There you go. All right, uh, let's talk about what's going on right now with the Winter Olympic Games in China, and uh, you know the controversy surrounding the uh, 15-year-old athlete who uh, tested positive uh, for for steroids, and obviously now uh, out of the Olympic competition for a chance to win a gold medal. But I think the biggest takeaway is this: 15 years old and steroids, Doc. I mean. You know, that has been something that the Olympic Committee, the IOC, has been really trying to eliminate over the years. And hearing that news just, uh, it, it made you, uh, it, it made you kind of shake your head in disbelief. Yeah, and, and especially um, at this level and this far, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you, you saw the, that, that it had resurfaced, that, that this is uh, the second violation that, that uh Valieva has done and unfortunately you know like that she like you said young and, and uh um impressionable and and uh it kind of it whoever's pushing this agenda like is is not doing any her any any service you know unfortunate and tragic for the for the sport itself too you know what about in terms of olympic training and we already know that the um 
The IOC has put together the most strict list of substances that you can and cannot take. And some sports have actually modeled their own policies on performance-enhancing drugs after the IOC from what they've done for years. Right, and, and uh, the you know, with, with uh, Valieva, the, the TMZ is a, the, it's how it's referred, but it's, it's trimetazine that, that, that was uh, abused. Um, outside, it, it's used actually for, for chest pain, and, and uh, they, they, it was put on the World uh, Health Doping um, list uh, about four years ago. And you're right, there's, there's, they're, they're getting stricter. Um, on one side, I, I, I kind of have to say that, that I'm kind of disappointed because at the same time that, you know, like this, this isn't a Russia's first, you know, infraction. In fact, I mean, like this, this all started from, from the Sochi games, you know, when 2014, and this is how that right now, why, why a lot of people that, you know, they question, they're like, why, why isn't Russia allowed to, to show their flag? And um, I, I think they, they, they were a little soft actually. And, and in fact, I mean, like this, I, I think that the message should be, Hey, we're not, we're not accepting this. I could see the other side too, that, that some, some athletes had nothing to do with this. And then the whole country kind of takes a toll here, you know, I'm with you on I that one. But at the same time, do you believe that right now in terms of Olympic competition is, is the drug testing strict enough in your opinion? I think so. And I, I think uh, what I think the rules are, are, are fabulous. I think the enforcement needs a little bit uh, work, and I think you know it's it's got to it's got to come come clean and and uh, well, I mean you did see actually this time like they're holding the medals and I I uh, I, I I don't know if like uh, if they 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 were stripped already like I I haven't followed that part I don't know if you but I know that right now like the the, the on the team sport that uh, Valieva like right now that they they haven't given any medals so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will they be stripped or I, I don't know like so that's or, or uh I think they could be a little bit tougher as far as the, the enforcement you know Dr. Sergio Alvarado joining us from the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine here on the Jock Doc segment on Sports Talk. They are expanding their location and will reopen the first week of March. 2267 Treywood Suite G. You can call ahead uh, to book appointments now with the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine as we continue our conversation here on the program. I'm wondering about this because every time we always find out about athletes and being, uh, you know, f- that they fail a drug test, then you find out some kind of substance. I feel like uh, if you're not a competitive athlete or a bodybuilder or something, a lot of this stuff, it all sounds the same. You don't know what it does. And that's a, the biggest thing is when you really get involved in competitive athletic training, like I said, miss uh, it's bodybuilding, figure, fitness, uh, a professional athlete, even a college athlete at that point, there's so many do's and don'ts. And I got to ask you, I mean – is is the drug is is the list of substances you can take or not take is it too strict doc do you feel like there are some things that should be allowed that are on the ban list and vice versa i think uh they've done a good job because there there's some some that that have you know the that are banned but with with the little asterisks to the side and say hey you know what if if there's a medical use for this obviously you know even with the ncaa you know like um when, when I was doing my sports medicine fellowship, uh, something as, as a, you know, a decongestion, like you, you cannot use, you know, like, um, in, in competition. And if you, and if you come out positive, 
if there's no doctor note attached to it, then you can be disqualified. And 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 we're not we're talking about decongestion, not not you know, anabolics or anything mm-hmm. that that's that's tough. But um, I think the the list they do a good job with the list. Um, the ones that have the asterisks, um, and obviously the ones that that really make a difference. And and we're seeing downturn the, down the line that are going to hurt you know the the athlete. Um, but yeah, that they they need to be strict. Um, in the high school level, um, they, they've done studies, you know, and, and it's not as prevalent, but I was kind of surprised to, to, to see that, you know, that they, this big study that they, they did, uh, about 6% of, of, of high school athletes, you know, at the age of 14, were already using anabolics. And this was for, 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 uh, the, the main sports, you know, was, uh, of course, um, powerlifting and, and, uh, and football. And I, and to me that 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 struck a chord because I mean yeah. that that's a that's a lot I think six percent for at fourteen you know and and we're not talking super competitive level you know when you talk to uh, your student athletes about what they should do to help them with muscle mass gain and and strength and recovery what are some of the favorite your favorite things to recommend to them to take that are perfectly legal over the counter but can can also do the same job. Well, I, I always talk about, you know, that, that you got the, the three macronutrients, you know, you got your protein and you got your, your carbs and you got your, your fats. And there's only so much that you, that you can absorb of, of each one. And obviously the big one is, is protein. And, and with, with a lot of the diets, you can shift, uh, the, what you do is you shift the percentage of how much protein. And, and so I tell them to, to concentrate more on the protein and, and, uh, salt and, and forms of protein that, that are healthier, um, obviously it, it's very dependent on the, on the sport. So, um, you want lean muscle mass and, and, and maybe in, if in football, if you're, you know, if your position is a corner or, or, or a receiver and then, you know, the, the lineman, it's not just about being big, you know, like you can be big, but if you can't move, it's, it's really like not, not worth the time. But, um, one of the other things I, I do tell them is to stay away from the anabolics really like, and I, I do actually have that talk with, with a lot of my athletes, um, and I just bring it up uh, to this point, like, I, I, I guess uh, El Paso, it doesn't seem like there it's a, is as big of a problem. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're, 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 maybe they might not feel comfortable talking to me about that, but I've never had an athlete really tell me, Hey, you know what? Um, I, I know um, of some athletes that, that uh, uh, through, through uh, friends of friends that, you know, that, that, know of where you can get this stuff but mm-hmm. uh for the most part i think el paso does well like as far as you know what uh build up build your strength with you know especially like during the off season you know for for any any of the sports and then build your build your strength with with uh increasing your your what you're lifting as well do you feel sometimes as if people have too much protein in their diet where they they they're so concerned about the protein that they that they actually have have more than they need yeah, and that and that's true. You know, that so the thing is, uh, it's it's based on on uh, on your weight, and and uh, really like the the other thing is, uh, just like anything that you can have too much, you know, and um, if you have too much, then then you can start having kidney damage. So obviously, it's not you know like a, it's not a one size fits all, and so I do take that into account when I tell them, hey, you know what, um, you, you're not you're not diabetic, uh, so you can probably increase that protein, but this is where I would stop. Uh, and, and anything beyond that, you're, you're really not going to, your body's not going to do much with it, you know, rather than hurt you and your kidneys, you know? 
No, I totally understand. Again, the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine is expanding their location, set to reopen the first week of March. 2267 Treywood Sweet G. You can call ahead to book appointments now. That number, 915-256-9751. That's 915-256-9751. And, of course, our doc jock, Dr. Sergio Alvarado, El Paso board certified in family medicine with an added qualification in sports medicine. Have you been watching any of the Winter Olympic Games and checking some of that out the last week or so? Yeah, it's it's actually uh... – the, the the figure skating is is one that I, I kind of follow like every time and and uh I think they they maybe the the obviously they, they practice hard but uh I think they could do a little bit better on the music <laughs> I don't know it just wasn't as much of it. and then you could I guess it with China they're they're really lacking on the snow so like when mm, yeah uh, they are that you could tell that it was fake snow because in the back and mm-hmm. and it really affected the I don't know if you you guys were able to see that that um on the downslope that people just kept falling because of like and i think it affected it affected the unfortunately the athletes you know and it was just kind of like survival mode i'm with you on that one i agree well listen enjoy sunday especially with the wings the avocado dip and everything else you've got going on and uh look forward to a great game and uh, look forward to the next time we get to chat with you back here on the show doc thanks so much for the time as always thank you steve thank you adrian you guys have a great one too you too Again, that's the Jock Doc with us here as we continue on Sports Talk. We've got uh, Fitz coming up next. Jason Fitz, his conversation with Adrian Broadus as we continue right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, and welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian Broadus along with Steve Kaplowitz. It's time to welcome on our ESPN guests these next two segments. And he is one half of Spain and Fitz. He's Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. You can hear him uh, on this radio station. He's a frequent guest with us here on the show. Follow him on Twitter, at Jason Fitz. Jason, thank you so much for joining us on the show. And how about this matchup on Sunday? Can you think of a more improbable matchup than we uh, could maybe think? here how fired up about are you about this one between the rams and the Bengals? well it, a it's amazing and b it's such a cool thing to see two teams get here that have done it so differently when you think about what most of us have spent years learning you always hear well football is built from the inside out but i gotta build the trenches first and the Bengals said no we don't we're gonna build with skill positions and youth and explosiveness and we'll be just fine and then the other side of it is you always hear well dream teams don't work and super teams don't get it done well, the Rams have played real football this year. Like, it's Madden in the franchise mode. You know you're not playing the next season. Like, they've traded everything for their future away to bring a bunch of people together, and it's worked. So I think for fans, even if you don't like either of these teams, you're looking at it and you're saying, oh, my God, I'm seeing two teams do it differently and both get to the Super Bowl. That's got to be a, 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 a message of hope for franchises everywhere. Oh, most definitely. You're exactly right on that. And I want to talk some matchups with you here, Jason. I feel like there's some great matchups on both sides of the ball. Uh, First off, the Rams came in first this past year in pass rush win rate. Uh, Meanwhile, the Bengals are 30th in pass blocking. How how big is this matchup right here for both sides? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Aaron Donald should just be introduced at the beginning of the game as the starting running back for the Bengals because he's going to be in the backfield the entire game. And we know that. And you mentioned the problems. Like Everybody's going to talk about the nine sacks that the Bengals gave up to the Titans. I'd say go back even further a week before that, and you'd actually see that the Raiders had more hits and quarterback hurries than the Titans did. So you know when you have a powerful defensive line, something the Chiefs didn't really have across the board, but you know when you have guys that can get after the quarterback, 
they will get after the quarterback. So that becomes the, the biggest key for the Bengals. And what makes the Bengals really different for people watching the game is usually when your quarterback's in that situation, he'll option somebody in to, get, to stay back and help him. They'll keep a running back or a tight end back there to help sort of with the, the chipping and the blocking, anything to keep him upright. But Joe Burrow doesn't like doing that. And it's Burrow that specifically options out of that at the line. Like, he wants to send guys wide and wants to try and get rid of the ball quickly and create mismatches. So he's willing to stand in there and get absolutely annihilated if that's what it takes, he thinks, to get his weapons free. Again, it's very video game football, but it works. So the question is, can they get open quickly enough to, to prevent Burrow from just getting absolutely killed back there? On the other side with the Bengals, you look at what they've done defensively. I really love the addition of Trey Hendrickson on their defensive front. What does this defense pose? Because I, I feel like it's been under the radar, and now they're playing in the biggest stage of them all. Yeah, this defense does a couple of things. They get after the, the quarterback well. They don't get enough credit for it. And then, two, this defense forces unforced errors to be a big deal. And what I mean by that is, like, if you go back and watch Matt Stafford throughout the course of the playoffs, how many times have we seen somebody just drop a pick that was right there in their hands? Now go back and watch what the Bengals have done. And the Bengals have managed every time you make an unforced error, they take advantage of it. And it's, it's been a huge key through this playoff. In fact, if you go back through the playoffs, the, the game against the Raiders ended with an interception. The game against the Titans, uh, the last play for the Titans, was an interception of Ryan Tannehill. And then you go to the AFC Championship game, the last play for Patrick Mahomes in that offense, was an interception in overtime. So you're talking about a defense that is capable of making you make mistakes. And when you do make those mistakes, they take advantage of it. That opportunistic is an underrated skill for a defense that the Bengals have. What about the running backs in this one? You look on one side with the Rams, they like to use Cam Akers. Sometimes they'll use Sony Michelle. On the other side, uh, Joe Mixon has been a great uh, running back with the complimentary backs that he has in Cincinnati. How does this run distribution go? Will we see the running backs a lot in this game or not too much? I, I would love to think that we'll see, especially Joe Mixon, a lot in this game because the Bengals are a better offense when they at least attempt to be balanced. I know – they're always going to have the temptation of Jamar Chase. But uh, I, I look at Joe Mixon, and he's a special player that's capable of not only making you miss at the line of scrimmage and busting it out, but also capable of catching the ball out of the backfield. Like, I think Mixon is a huge key for the Bengals. On the other side, Cam Akers has had his – for all the, the critique of Matthew Stafford turning the ball over, Cam Akers has put the ball on the ground a couple of times. He's going to have to actually squeeze that ball in much better than he has throughout the course of the playoffs. He's had some – regrettable moments like that's the weirdest thing about this Rams team they're incredibly talented but they have done some things to step on their own feet and Akers is part of that so Akers needs to have a very good solid he doesn't need to have a massive stat line he just need not needs to not be part of the problem you know, it's real interesting because now when we're talking about shifting over to the passing game, when we talk about the connections that both these teams have, it's Burrow to Jamar Chase, it's Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup. I love the two connections on both sides. Which one will we see more of uh, on Sunday? Well, by nature of what else is on the offense, I think we're going to see more of Burrow to Jamar Chase, and that's really about T. Higgins. And T. somebody – I love coming out of college, and I, I find myself rooting for T. Higgins. I really like the player. But there's a, a spot there where if you go back and watch the playoffs this year, he's had a couple of big plays, and he's had some huge drops, huge. And so I keep looking across the board thinking, well, Cooper Cup is always going to get his. He's always going to get fed. 
But Odell Beckham Jr. is also going to be there to take some of that responsibility. He's going to get his also. So the Bengals don't have that second option at wide receiver in the same vein that the, the Rams do. So I could see Odell Beckham Jr. cutting in a little bit to the production of Cooper Cup, but that actually would be a benefit to the Rams offense where if, if T. Higgins is having a game where he's having a hard time getting the ball, then you know that, that suddenly means that Jamar is going to have to do all the heavy lifting. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the quarterback matchup specifically. Like, let's say the game is on the line, Jason. Who who are you taking, Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow? I'm taking I'm taking Burrow ten times out of ten, and it's not even close. Like, we got to stop talking about quarterbacks for how long they've been in the NFL, and then look at their body of work for the experiences they've had. Like Matthew Stafford been in the league a long time, but he hasn't played that many high pressure oh my god moments in college or in the pros, right? And then you start looking at Joe Burrow. I stood on the sideline when he won the SEC championship game. I stood on the sideline at the national championship he won. And there are certain guys that just adrenaline hits differently. There are certain guys that you can just look at it and see that that person has a level of calm and peace about him. Like we've seen Joe Burrow in the biggest possible situations just stay so chill. And I look at that body of work and I think, man, I've seen more high pressure wins for Joe Burrow than I have for Matt Stafford. And, and this game, even though it's a Super Bowl, Really is if you're if you're Joe Burrow, you've won a Heisman and a national championship. You're in a Super Bowl in a three year span. This is just another big moment, and I have not seen him fail at a big moment yet. Now the coaches matchup is so intriguing because it's a Sean McVay bull right here with uh, first off McVay, who's uh, built this Rams program, has uh, taken them to the Super Bowl before, although uh, that was a dud of a game. And hey, he had Zach Taylor on that same staff, who now is the coach of Cincinnati. Uh, there was questions about his job security after last season, although he's redeemed himself in a big way. What, what do you like on both sides with the coaches? You know, the funny thing to me is I think McVay's a much better coach, but I think you know, your point about the Super Bowl before from McVay is an important one. And also, look at the game against the 49ers. The Rams were tight in that game. Now we all know that the Rams have had a hard time breaking through San Francisco, and that's part of it. But, man, it just the Rams did not play the loose, free football they're capable of playing. And Zach Taylor, on the other side, is somebody that I think at times gets in his own way. There are times that, from a play-calling standpoint, the Bengals sort of lose their identity. You have no idea what they're trying to accomplish drive to drive. And you're looking at it, and it all just feels like a hodgepodge of, of talented players without necessarily the right direction. And, you know, I was talking to the ESPN radio affiliate in Cincinnati uh, a third of the way through the season, and the question was, should Zach Taylor be fired? And, you know, everybody has come together there. But, man, both of these coaches have had their issues. McVay is a better coach in my mind, but he's also come up small in some big moments. So I need to see McVay come out and be explosive and trust his guys out of the gates in this game. I, like, I would love to see McVay come out and be aggressive in those first 15, 20 scripted plays. If he is that, I think he's absolutely an X-factor in this game. All right, Jason, when this one is all said and done, and hey, th- really appreciate your time, who is your Super Bowl pick, and who is your Super Bowl MVP for this one? So this is, this is my, hot take-y, uh, my hot take thought on the Super Bowl, and you know, it sounds weird when I first say it. I think Aaron Donald's going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl. I could see him getting five sacks. Uh, no problem. I could see him getting five sacks. I still think the Bengals win this game. And that's the crazy wow. part. Because Aaron Donald is going to have such a massive impact in it, I don't think that there will be the opportunity necessarily for Joe Burrow to go off statistically the way so many quarterbacks have to. So I, the legend of Joe Burrow is going to grow in the toughness that he shows as he gets absolutely annihilated play after play after play. 
it keeps this game a little bit more in check than, uh, than I think we would normally expect as a result. But I don't trust Stafford not to make some mistakes. I think there could be some turnovers in this game. And ultimately, the Bengals survive in the end because I do trust their quarterback in two minutes more than I trust Stafford. And I trust their kicker immensely, too. So I think the Bengals have a couple of X factors, but nobody will have a bigger game than Aaron Donald. Follow Jason on Twitter at Jason Fitz. Check out all the great work he does on ESPN Radio. Jason, really appreciate the time, man. It's great catching up with you, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much, my friend. I appreciate you. All right, from Jason Fitz over to a timeout. Right after that, we'll get to Steve and Freddie Coleman. But first, let's get to Sports Center. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. As we continue here on Sports Talk, it is time once again to uh, get back to the phones. And uh, joining us here on our 600 ESPN El Paso hotline is a man who follows us every single night here on 600 ESPN. He is Freddie Coleman, one half of the show, Freddie and Fitzsimmons from ESPN Radio. Freddie, we appreciate the time. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you've been doing this a long time. How is uh, Radio Road this year compared to some of the uh, you know past years you've been a part of this uh, for Super Bowl week? Yeah, it's been really weird because a lot of it has been virtual due to the pandemic that hopefully at a certain point, Steve, is going to be an endemic and then Super Week can be Super Week what it's supposed to be. But I will say this, because of other storylines that happened in the National Football League, it wasn't as diminished as it could have been because you had the whole thing involving Brian Flores and the lawsuit last week and then coaching vacancies being filled in the National Football League and along those lines. So, Super Week wasn't what it, we're used to seeing. That doesn't mean it won't come back, but there are other storylines that kept the NFL in the news outside of the game involving the Rams versus the Bengals in Super Bowl 56. 100%. And, and I kind of I call this the feel-good Super Bowl, Freddie, because mm-hmm. to me, there's no controversy involved with either team, and no matter who wins, there's enough good storylines where you really can't root against either team unless you're a Rams or a Bengals fan. That's completely on point. Unless you're in the division, then let's say if you're an NFC West fan, if you're a Cardinals, a Seahawks, a 49ers fan, you'd want the Rams to win. If you're an AFC North fan, if you're a Steelers or Browns or Ravens fan, you'd want the Bengals to win. But you're right, outside of that, usually it always seems to be a villain in the piece or somebody that can be a polar, uh, can have those kind of polar emotions where you don't like that person, you do like that person. You're exactly right because of the storylines where Matthew Stafford finally getting a chance to be with a quality team getting to the playoffs and the rise of Joe Burrow, what he's been able to do in only less than two years, mm-hmm. being a quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals and coming off a torn ACL that happened 14 months ago. Even Odell Beckham Jr., a guy who can have that kind of polar reaction to him, has been a feel-good story by the fact he's played so well since coming to the Rams and leaving the Cleveland Browns. So you're exactly right because usually you want two different, two different things going on where you can root one way or the other. No matter who you root for in this game, it's going to be a good storyline no matter what the end result is going to be. I'm always wondering about that, Freddie, because, you know, the AFC North has has never really taken the Bengals seriously and much of it was their own fault. So when you're as irrelevant as the Bengals have been for so long, you think even the AFC North, uh, they're not you know quietly kind of rooting for Cincinnati since they've never won it before and it's been so long since they've been back? Nah, I don't think you can make that work with a Cleveland Browns fan, for example, in that (laughs) state, Steve. Yeah, that's not going to work. And if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan where before everything went haywire with your team getting injured, they had the best record in AFC after around nine to ten games, and Steelers fans are just going to root for the Steelers, and that's how that's going to go. I think the one thing that they will have is respect for Joe Burrow because Mm -hmm. what he's been able to do 
and being that future star. Even though he may terrorize your team for the next 10 to 12 years, two times a year, you can't help but have respect for a guy that has been able to do this with that franchise, a franchise that has not been near a Super Bowl since the late 80s, and the way he was able to do it, going on the road and beating Tennessee, the number one seed, and then beating the Kansas City Chiefs the week after that, after being down by 18. You don't have to like that they're in the Super Bowl in that division. You're a fan of teams in that division. But you have nothing but respect for a guy that may be the next great quarterback in the National Football League. Freddie Coleman with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. So all week long we've heard about Matt Stafford. And, you know, after years of playing, uh, essentially uh, being in asylum with the uh, Detroit Lions, he finally gets his opportunity now. We know about all the Rams storylines. We know about the Rams defense. We know about Joe Burrow and that exciting offense. We don't know anything about the Bengals defense because that's the one part of this entire equation that nobody really is talking much about. And that is, can the Bengals D come up big and make big plays on Stafford and the Rams offense? Well, I look at it this way. If you dealt with the Kansas City Chiefs offense and you allowed 21 points in the first half and then you made the adjustments in the second half and essentially kept them off the board, this Rams offense is not going to frighten them. It's not going to make them shake and make them fearful, mainly because they're so good at doing that, that whatever you do best, they've been able to take that away. They did that to the Raiders. They did not allow them to make those plays down the field throwing the football. They did that to the Tennessee Titans wanted to run the football down their throats. They weren't able to do that. And then you have the multifaceted offense of Kansas City that can do so many different things. And after giving up 21 points in the first 30, they barely gave, they didn't give up a touchdown in the second 30 against one of the best offenses we've seen in the last 10 to 15 years in the National Football League. So the Bengals defense, Steve, they like it exactly. Nobody's talking about them or that nobody believes that they can slow down Matthew Stafford or slow down Cam Akers and running back or keep Cooper Cup from having a big game. That's just the way they like it because they believe that whatever the Rams are going to do, they're going to have more than an answer to counter that and keep them from dominating them and putting a lot of points on the board on Sunday. The thing I love about Joe Burrow so much is the confidence. It seems like nothing shakes him. Even in that Kansas City game, you never saw any uh, hint of nervousness or being rattled. The guy is just so cool, calm, and collected under pressure. And the fact that he's doing all this in his second year in the league, it's, it's, it's outstanding. And, Steve, he's infused that confidence with the rest of his team because you're playing defense for the Cincinnati Bengals. He has the same effect on that team the way we've seen from Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City where the defense says even we give a 24, we believe our guy's going to get 27. Even we give a 30, we believe our guy's going to get 31. That's the one facet that I love that we have seen from Joe Burrow is that we know he's a confident guy, and he has that swag and he plays with that confidence. But he allows his football team to be confident, where Joe Mixon can make plays running the football. That offensive line was able to keep him almost sackless versus Kansas City after giving up nine sacks the week before versus Tennessee. When you have that kind of guy that has the game to go with his ability to lead and infuse everybody with confidence, that's why we've seen Cincinnati have this great kind of run, because everybody believes that if we do our job and make some plays, that guy's going to make a big play that will be the difference between us winning or losing any kind of game. Freddie Coleman with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. All right, have you already gone on record of making your pick, or will that be happening tonight on the show? No, I've gone on record. I think the Los Angeles Rams are going to win this game, but I understand why the spread is four points because I think that's exactly where it should be. We're in an era, Steve, where there are no dominant team, uh, where there are no dominant teams, and these two teams don't run and hide from anybody. Look at all three playoff games that they've been able to play. The biggest quote-unquote blowout was the Rams versus the Cardinals. After that, they were blowing out the Buccaneers 27-3. They almost came all the way back and won that game. And then they had that fist fight against San Francisco where they were down 17-7 in the fourth quarter before they came back and won that game. And all three of Cincinnati's games in the playoffs have been close games. Raiders won, Tennessee two, then the Chiefs three after they were getting blown out in the first half. So 
I believe the Rams are going to win this game, but I believe this game is going to be firmly in doubt when it comes about six or seven minutes left to go in the ball game. I don't think this game is going to let us rest. There are going to be potential big plays or quality plays, eventful, impactful plays being made by both of these teams that could lead to a really good Super Bowl involving these two. I'm with you on that one. I think it's going to be close, too. I'm, go- I'm going the other way. I'm going Bengals uh, 31-28. But, again, I-, I think it's just going to be such an entertaining football game. It- the way the whole playoffs have been. Fans have just been loving it since, really, the divisional round all the way through now. Freddie, i got to ask you, uh, a Hall of Fame was announced yesterday, the uh, class of 2022. I'm excited for uh, fans of Cliff Branch, knowing mm-hmm. that-, that he gets in, Leroy Butler. It's a, it's a strong group, but really... Really, Branch is the one guy, when you think about it, especially the uh, folks uh, that are old enough to remember when Cliff Branch was playing in the league, that uh, he gets a chance to get in now uh, you know, more than 35 years after his career ended. I'm glad you mentioned that because as a feel-good story is always going to be when you get a chance to see people being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The fact that Cliff Branch had to wait 32 years before he got inducted I thought was a travesty. And I thought the same thing last year when Drew Pearson got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame after many, many years of not even getting a sniff. You had two of those guys playing on those two teams, Branch with the Raiders and Drew Pearson with the Cowboys. And those guys were Hall of Fame wide receivers, what they were able to do in that era of football when it comes to the National Football League. They always say, like the song by Tom Petty, the waiting is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. But once you get in, that weight goes away. But I'm so thrilled that Cliff Branch finally got a chance because he should have been in the Pro Football Hall of Fame long before 2022, the same way that Drew Pearson had been in the Pro Football Hall of Fame long before 2021. Freddie, you're on the air uh, here in, in just a little more than 20 minutes from now as we wrap things up here on a Friday. Give me a preview of what our listeners are going to be able to expect from Freddie and Fitzsimmons to here tonight. Well, we're definitely going to talk about Super Bowl 56 and so many different things. For example, I believe that if the Bengals don't win, it's going to take more than a minute before they get back. But you can also say the same thing with the Rams who are all in because the NFL is so competitive, Steve, that you could be a team in the Super Bowl one minute and then you're not even in the playoffs the next minute because that's the beauty of the National Football League. So we're definitely going to dive into that when it comes to that. We're going to talk about the best one-on-one matchups that we believe we're going to see in Super Bowl 56 and get everybody ready for Sunday's game at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. Man, I'm excited about it. Looking forward to uh, having you follow us as always. Appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, man, if it's as good a game as we all think it's going to be, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun on Monday talking about it. That's for sure. No doubt about that, Steve, and I can't wait. I want to know in terms of between the game, the food, and the commercials, everybody's got plenty going on once that game kicks off right around 6.30 Eastern time. No doubt about it. 4.30 here in El Paso. He's Freddie Coleman joining us on Sports Talk as we continue. Check him out tonight. Freddie and Fitzsimmons coming up here at 7 o'clock. Coming back to wrap it up, Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso.